Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and our eyes are watching beer. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading Their Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. And starting with this beverage that Nate brought. Okay, this is one of the dumbest ones I've ever done, but okay. This is a, this is a me style <laughs> this connection. Is t- t- definitely taking one <laughs> yes. of Jimmy's book here. So this is called Hootie, Hazy American Pale Ale by Six Point. Because in the book, the author only wants to be with you. <laughs> so this is a Hazy American Pale Ale. Do we say that? Yeah. Six Point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a hoot. Um, 5.4% alcohol and only five IBUs. Now, it's only five IBUs because they, the hazy part probably comes from adding all the hops really late or even post-boil or whatever. So technically, they don't impart the bitterness part. But it definitely tastes like IPA territory. I'm not sure I've ever seen a full-size six-point can. That's a good point. Also true, yeah. I think I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me. I was like, well, six-point, I've heard of them. And look, I was like, no, nah, it looks wrong. Yeah, Normally, they got those little weird baby cans. Yeah, the nano keg or something like that. Well, I don't know what they are. Yeah, it's a little like well, they're twelve ounce cans, I think, but they're they're uh, thinner ones. They're like even littler ones. No, no, like they're you know instead of the normal twelve ounce cans, just reconfigured. Oh yeah, are, yeah, they're weird. They're weird, but this is a normal size. It's okay, beer. I mean, it's uh, pale ale. You I'm know? okay with it. It's perfectly fine. So uh, we said why you picked this beer, right? So uh, you know who owls watch people. <laughs> <laughs> Owls watch things. They do watch a and lot so, of things. And this is called Hootie. So there you go. <laughs> that was my connection. And that's the... Stu- I, I think that's the stupidest one I've ever done. I mean, it was also a six-point beer, but it was sort of like in you know New England IPA. And so I was like, I'll use that as an excuse to buy it. Yeah. And I already drank the other three. <laughs> <laughs> so. And it was pretty good. Yeah, it is pretty good. It's nothing... Not tonight. I did not drink the other three tonight, for the record. Though Nate's the only one that pre today. Ooh. Nate, Nate had two beers before. Good they luck. kicked me out of work at four fifteen. They're like, you don't, you know, like, you don't have to go home, but you, you also can't stay didn't here. Have to start drinking. No, no, I did. <laughs> Kill an hour waiting for me. Pretty much, yeah. Man, I'm trying to just think of owl puns. It's very difficult. I'm telling you, it's not easy at all. But anyway, uh, so the book. Well, we're doing this as part of our outreach to the black community. That's <laughs> our one of our Black History Month books. It was written in the 30s? During the Harlem Renaissance yeah. time, mm-hmm. though technically it's not a Harlem Renaissance book. Because they did not like it. No. They did not. We'll get to that We'll later. get to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it came out in the 30s-ish, and Zora Neale, Hurston, Zora Neale Hurston is one of the first, if not, is one of the earliest that I know of black female writers in I America. certainly couldn't think of another. For like a generation or two, you're not yeah. going to think of any others, right? At least any, any that people would know. Yeah, right. I'm sure there's stuff. There were some, but... This is a famous one. Yeah. And is a widely read book, and is on a lot of lists of, you know, best books of the century, best books you should read for X, Y, and Z reasons, you know, those kind of things. So it is... And it's brief. That helps matters for people inclined to read, I suppose, and assign it for school and stuff like that. And it tells the story of Janie, the... Uh, I forget her last name is in the beginning of the book. But she's a young... Good question. Yeah. Young woman. Last name changes a lot. Mm-hmm. Who... You know, she's black, but she's not, she has like some slave owner blood in her. The grandma. Her grandfather was a slave owner? Her, I think, great grandfather, right? Because her grandma, because her, her grandma tells a story like, oh, not, so her mother and father are not in the picture. She's raised by her grandmother. Yeah. And the grandmother is telling, you know, trying to raise her, like, don't, you know, at one point she's telling her, like, don't fuck around with dudes right now because you're 15, you know, solid advice. Yeah. Certainly. But she's saying, when I, when I, when her mother was born, 1937, the, okay, I found it. It was like the, they were marching like oh the slave the owner the master like you know this is still during the civil during the civil war the master was yeah. marching off to go wherever they had to go fight Sherman and she had just oh, right. like given birth or <laughs> shit and, mm-hmm. and he's like yeah. and then he lay with me for the last time like he had to bang it out one final time and then as soon as he left the the owner's wife was like how dare you that baby that you had doesn't look black enough you know like. As if to suggest that the father was the owner. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of important just because Janie has, she's like lighter skinned and she has really long, beautiful hair that everybody's like envious of her hair, the whole book. And presumably it's because of that thing, right? She's got that, she's got the good hair. <laughs> that's really what it is. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. So that's how it starts. Then grandma dies. Yeah, well, grandma, well grandma. grandma, grandma dies. has uh, has she, she's Janie. around for a minute. She's around for a little About bit. Chapter two, she croaks. Chapter three. Yeah. She, 
the grandmother says something about like I wanted to preach about the something about being black, but there was no pulpit for me. And like she said, she had something she wanted to say to the world, but no one was going to oh, listen. Yeah, it is important. But you, I, I need to, for you to be settled. I need you to be married off before yeah, I she die. She gets married before the grandmother dies. Right, right. Oh yeah, she gets married to uh, the first husband. Yeah, uh, he's, really... he's like the uh, the well-off older dude. He's, he's got like, like a farm. He's like in his forties or fifties. Yeah, he's way. I mean, older. he's old for the time, but not that old. But he's, but he's, he's like, old to be marrying an eighteen-year-old. Yeah, fifteen-year-old. I think she's somewhere in between. I, th- I think 17, she. I think 16. she. Well, when she was fifteen, she got the talking to about kissing a boy on the fence, and then yeah. some time passes, and she gets married off to this old dude. Okay. So he will provide. I thought for that her. was like a month, but it's hard to. Could, I mean, I made it up in my head because the idea of him marrying a fifteen-year-old made me sad. So I just Logan. Maybe I made it up. First husband. She marries Wolverine. Killix. Yes. And, uh, and has really has to watch out for Sabretooth. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, that adamantium dick. <laughs> Always hard. <laughs> it, like tears through his skin. <laughs> Can't wear pants. <laughs> so she marries the older guy, and, and she's disgusted by him. She hates him. Yeah, he's, he's an mm-hmm. old gross dude, back he's, kid. Like at some point, she's like, his feet look like mule feet or something ridiculous. He like has that. horrible toenails. He's got something. dirty old bum-ass feet because he's an old man- farmer. You know, it's like he's well off compared to the other people who are, you know, the grandchildren of slaves. He, like, doesn't clean himself very well and, like, take care of himself. And he expects her to just, like, cook for him and let him bang her out whenever he wants. They don't really talk about the banging out too much in the book. Yeah. It's, they definitely I mean, only there. hinted that. There's very little banging out in the book. Yeah. But, but yeah, he was doing that. It's, it's there. So she's married to this guy. And she's like, you, he sucks, Grandma. And she's like, I don't give a shit. And then Grandma dies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, get the fuck over it. Just, just this is uh, your life forever now. Yeah, you're just, just handle it. But, and he sucks. He's like, listen, I'm going to go sell this mule in the other town. You go make this shithole house not as shitty. She's like, and, go chop all the wood. Yeah, chop the wood. He's like, I don't want to chop the wood. Like, my wife is going to chop wood. Then you're going to handle some other wood. <laughs> <laughs> now that your hands are warmed up. Yes. So then she's you know, pretty briefly married to him, right? Yeah. Months, maybe. Yeah, yeah not very long. And then she meets the next guy, Joe, the wanderer, Jody, Jody, the guy who comes through town. And we meet another beer. We meet this beer, which uh, Nate also brought, actually. I did. What's it called? This is from Founders. It's called Curmudgeon's Better Half. I definitely did not bring that. Uh, I think I told you to buy it <laughs> at the store. We went to uh, one of our. Places. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Better half. Like, this, I that see. would work. And I, and I had just I spent a lot of money. I was like, I'm not buying it, but that one would work. I didn't see that it said curmudgeons on it. I did see better half, though. Oh, okay. I get it. it I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So this is a beer uh, I was very excited to try. So Founders has, last year, they started expanding their barrel-aged series. Founders is a really famous brewery in, I want to say, Grand Rapids? Uh, we've had a bunch of their stuff before. I want to say and We've had a bunch of those barrel-aged definitely. beers, actually. Mm-hmm. So they put out, I think, I want to say five or six barrel-aged beers a year, kind of regularly, and... There's certain ones that people look for, like KBS is a famous one, C- which we did for one of the Lord of the Rings books. Hobbit. No, we did CBS for that. Oh, okay. It must yeah. have been one of the Lord of the Rings. Then we did Backwards Bastard, which is another barrel one. Grand Rapids. Yeah, Grand Rapids. We did that one for uh, The Alienist. So this is a beer they normally make called Old Curmudgeon or something like that, which is like a strong ale, but it's been aged in bourbon barrels. And this is a new thing this, this year. This picture on it is awesome. It's an old man, and he's eating some pancakes with his wife. Mm. And how? What's the percentage it, on this one? Oh, it's got to be twelve. It's got to be a lot because you can you can taste it. Twelve point seven. Nice. That's Old ale beer, yeah. brewed with molasses and aged in maple syrup bourbon barrels. So this is the second beer we've had that's aged in a maple syrup bourbon barrel. The first one being Founder CBS. What is a maple syrup bourbon barrel? So it's a bourbon barrel that. So once bourbon is made, it has to be aged in a to become bourbon it has to be yeah. aged in a virgin oak barrel. Under the full moon. And, no, and, then, and, and then the, the syrup then they, gets sloppy seconds? Exactly. Which is what well, beer and gets sloppy seconds. this sloppies. gets thirds. This is getting thirds, yeah. Okay. This it's, is, it's like this Eskimo is Brothers with a, or whatever the fuck that is. Oh, yeah. Milk Brothers. Milk Brothers? Milk Brothers, Eskimo Cousins. Eskimo Cousins, yeah. The Devil's Triangle there. Is <laughs> with that, well, the Devil's Quadrangle between those three things <laughs> and that barrel. Right. Which is a drinking game. So they it's like, it's like quarters. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like quarters. Yeah, it's like tiddlywinks. Oh, there's some tiddling. <laughs> so, what do you think of this? this I mean, is, I, it's good. This is really good. It is but, definitely uh, strong. This will fuck you up. <laughs> it is yes. one. It does not taste nearly as strong as it is. It tastes strong, I mean, it but tastes it's strong. even stronger than that. 
I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just... Maybe, maybe it tastes like a 9% beer, which is, you know, tastes pretty strong. Well, you're talking about But it's 50% stronger than that. It is pretty... I, I, I taste a lot of coconut. I get a lot of vanilla kind of flavors. I mean, that could be the molasses. I think that's really the... I think it's the oak more than anything else. I would say definitely the vanilla. I totally agree with. Again, there's definitely sweetness there. I wouldn't say it's definitely maple syrup. I kind of wonder if if the alcohol con- if the alcohol taste was just a little bit lower, I feel like I could you're, almost taste the maple syrup. You're from one of those maple syrup connoisseur states, aren't you? I am, yes, definitely. Yeah, I don't get any maple syrup out of this. I don't get any particular bourbon flavors either, but I think that kind of is well, that bourbon, vanilla. Bourbon, if you don't have, if you don't, you're not drinking like straight bourbon with all the burning. Bourbon is the sweetest of the whiskeys, I believe. I think that's what people like about it. It's like it's sweeter. I'll trust you. But if that. you get rid of the gasoline... Tint. <laughs> it's a little sweet. sweet. Gasoline. It's sweet. Jimmy does have a lot of well whiskeys, so he would know about that. Yes, it mostly tastes like gasoline. Ethanol, <laughs> you know, Daniels. <laughs> it is quite lovely. It's really good. Old and curmudgeons I'm, of beer that they make. Not all the time, but it's it's the old ale that has been put in here, which I didn't really care for too much. I thought it was just kind of meh. This uh, is awesome. This is the kind of beer that makes me glad I uh, don't have it in the house because I get drunk <laughs> by myself every day. Because this is like drinking sweet, sweet juice. And it's not expensive. Oh, don't tell it's me like that. A, 20, <laughs> a four pack is like 20 bucks. I mean, I've never seen it. Go to that fancy place, buddy. I'm sure they have it. That's where I go with all the stuff. They don't, I don't have this one. I'll ask them about it. So back to this fucking stupid book. So it's Jody the Wanderer. Which is, and this is really like the um, the biggest portion of the book. And it's like 20 years of her life. It's so the she like time portion of the book. Yeah, yeah. But like the book itself, maybe. Mm, I, think I mean, it's not a lot. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot a of, I, I would say I'd this is third. All right, so she meets Jody. So literally meets this dude named Joe, or sometimes Jody. He literally is walking down the road next to the farm, next to Logan's farm. And she ends up talking to him when Logan's away. And she immediate, immediately is like, oh, my God. This guy's this is not amazing. and old. And yeah. And he's like, I'm looking for, I heard about a town, and I'm obviously paraphrasing here. I heard when I'm speaking in his voice. And, and translating. Yes, for sure. I heard about a town that's just all, I'm not all sure black said, people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not even sure. Colored. He might have said colored. Actually. Yeah, I'm sure he said, I, he might have said not colored. He might have said something else, I don't too. Know. They no. dropped the N-bomb a few times in the book, but not it's really. usually, it's it is there a few times, and it's usually when they're talking about like what they believe to be the trashier mm-hmm. black people around them. Yeah. yeah, but they don't, it's not like Huck Finn. No. So we should actually explain this part of the book, in that the narrator's voice, you could say, is more like proper English. The common vernacular. Y- yeah, exactly. With the peppering of weird words. Uh, for, of some, some of the words were kind of, kind of weird. I was thinking maybe just because it's such an old book that maybe like, that, that was a common word. Maybe it's like, like, a, maybe it's like a... Monstropolis was never a word. <laughs> well, okay, there you go. It was like, and they had a... And then Janie had a monstropolis amount of you know garlic. Whatever maybe it's meant to be like, like, a, that. like an old-timey hokey narrator. Perhaps. I mean, it, it kind of sounded like an old prospector talking yeah. <laughs> at times. So the narrator speaks in, in or writes more or less, in yeah. more or less like regular, you know, nightly news English, I guess you could say. But all of the dialogue, well, academic English, yeah, right? academic English. Yeah, there we go. That's the word. But all of the dialogue is in dialect, vernacular. Yeah, it's I don't know definitely in dialect. So Very it's, thick. It's dialect. everything's heavily phonetic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like like the word "i" is spelled a h. Ah. Yeah. ah, ah, ah. And if they say, I, I'm going to, it's like, I's gonna, or something like that. Like, it's, it's the way, mm-hmm. it's written the yeah, way less spoke. educated southern country folk, country folk spoke. Who were black. Well, and black too, because there are like mm-hmm. small other words that are in there. I can't think of any particular ones, but it's made the book really challenging. It may, it was, it's kind of a strange choice for sure. Or at least felt strange to me. I mean, I'm not saying it was strange for her, I mean, but it was strange thought, for me. I thought it was like more authentic. And, yep. and I think that was the purpose. Uh, yeah, I think we should talk about that. Come back. It to was that like later. the opposite of Twelve Years a Slave. You see that? Yeah, I did. They all spoke in like a high Shakespearean English. Yeah, did they? It was very strange. And then he it. hath rendered me unto this other slave owner. Yeah, like they, they had like a <laughs> very very highbrow spoken like only like their dialogue. It was very it was very affected. No, we could talk about this now. <laughs> I guess then this is why the book is not a Harlem Renaissance book, even though she was a black writer at the same time as, you know, Langston Hughes and all the other ones. In New York. Yeah, but and she, but she's like not part of that group and mm-hmm. they didn't want her part of that group and I guess she didn't necessarily want to be part of it either. She wanted, like the part, the, the gist of the Harlem Renaissance was to show white, a big part of it was to show white people we are, you know, black people are educated and interesting and complex 
individuals and can make artistic statements as at least a component of it. And can produce just as high art yes. as white people. I right, also exactly. read that Richard Wright. The guy oh, yeah, he hated, he hated it. Oh, yeah. Because oh, he, oh, yeah. he felt this. that it was... It didn't show how hard life was for black people back then. He thought it was like too nice. Like this is not. We're, it's not showing the true suffering of our people. And it's like this is trash. We should talk about that so, later. Actually, yeah. when we get to the so, some other stuff that happens. I mean, maybe this would also be better later. But Zora Neale Zora Neale Hurston. She started a PhD in anthropology at Columbia during this time. But I don't know if she finished it. But she spent a lot of time traveling throughout the South and throughout the Caribbean collecting stories like of, of former slaves like and that, folklore yeah. and just stories of people talking about their lives. And Could a I kind of think... a PhD in the 30s? She started a PhD at Columbia in anthropology. Oh. Um, I, yeah, and so, I, and I think a lot of the stories in this book, actually, I think a lot of the way people speak and the stories from the book and the things that happen, my guess is, and this is a complete guess, she's actually just putting together... Stories that people had told her. People still. It's part like of her research now. Like, no, I mean, I mean like the things that south. actually happened. Oh, I yeah. want to say like the so, actual yeah. plot yeah. elements of the book. She's sort of putting together from like that the too. little because there's there are some scenes that are clearly. I don't say they're for comedic relief, but there's like the guys hanging out on the porch, porch just bantering, insulting each other, and everyone kind of laughing as they make fun of the guy who has the shitty donkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Like, and a really shitty donkey. <laughs> well, let's let's get to there. So yeah. we'll come back to these things. Um, she, Jody, is like, I'm going places. I'm going to this town. Literally going to a place. But like, <laughs> but he's also like, I'm a man of ambition. Mm-hmm. I've saved three hundred dollars. The equivalent of four point two million dollars. Oh, well, I mean, how he got the $300, I don't know, but it's pretty remarkable for, like, if this takes place in the 30s. I mean, the dude was Actually, a I want to say, I think it probably takes place I want to say, I want to say it ends in the 30s, so probably this point. It's like 20 years before that. I want to say this is the 1910s. That would be right, oh. yeah. That so where sense. the fuck did a, a guy with, you know, a black guy in the South get $300 in 1915? That's pretty impressive. So he is an impressive dude. He's ambitious. And he's like, let's go. Why don't you just come with me? Fuck this old bastard. And she's like, I, I already did fuck him. It was awful. So he's like, no, don't fuck that old bastard. Come with me. Yeah. I'll be your... And then, like, I want to say the next day... He says, if you want to come with me, I'll be waiting over there tomorrow. She's like, all right, maybe. She goes home and... Has a big argument with... Yeah, and the husband's like, you know, you're going to do what I say. You're the woman. You're going to cop the wood if I want to. Chop the wood if I want you to. And she's like, well, fuck this. And then she leaves. And then they, they go down to a place that's just getting set up. It's this new town... That it's just like not even really mm-hmm. a town as yet. yet unnamed. It has like three people living there, and they're like, "We're gonna make a town here." And he's like, "Yeah, you are." And I'm gonna be fucking mayor of this shit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, okay, that's <laughs> cool, cool." But we can't. We don't have land. And he's like, "Let me take care of that." And then he somehow takes that three hundred dollars. Yeah, and he purchases a whole shitload of acres of land off of like old, you know, Hickory James over there. Don't want to sell his land or whatever the character is that won't sell the land. Yeah, that you never meet. They just mm-hmm. they, there's a name I forget who he is. Governor General this or he has like a title I think. Won't sell his land. He's like, let me take care of that. He goes buys, comes back, got the land. It's cool. It's done. So he p- buys the land. Then he builds a sets fucking, up a general store. The general store, and then the mayor's house, yeah. like builds the house for himself. That's like the biggest house in town. He gets shit done. Quick. That they're like they kind of describe it. It looks like the plantation house. He's the big house, mm. and everyone else is in the the, the slaves' quarters. <laughs> and he's always like convincing the other you know men in the town who are just farmers. Like everyone else is kind of setting up their little farms, and he's going to be the town you know the center of the town. He's like, the, oh, you need to. You need, we need to dig the, the ditch, not the ditch, but the, you know, the drainage ditch. You need to help me do this. And he sort of convinces them to help him. But they, and the line is like, and they grumbled about how slavery was supposed to be over. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, ooh, lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they know a lot about that, actually. <laughs> but he takes care of business and he mm-hmm. sets himself up and he's the big man in town for the rest of his role in the book, really. And Janie is his wife who. Is dressed in the nice clothes when they need to do things and have events, and she runs the store. Though she's incompetent with adding, it seems like he's a dick. Like every time she fucks up, you cut that that tobacco too small. She said it was, it was <laughs> like, like yells at her. She said it was like you could do the normal stuff. Like here, this this costs ten cents. But it was like, what do you do when they ask for seven cents worth of cheese? Like I uh, just make it up. Yeah, it's ten cents <laughs> per pound. No, it's it's, Some, it's yeah, thirteen cents per pound, and they ask for ten cents worth of cheese. And like you know what that is. A little bit of a hard math problem. like that much. In your head, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just go, Siri, what is, you know, <laughs> I would just, that's what I would do. We're just like, we don't sell 10 cents worth. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> We're just like, here, 
here's half a pound, six and a half cents. Mm-hmm. This is like that uh, water jugs problem. Yes. The three-gallon jug and the five-gallon jug. And you got to get four gallons out yeah. of this? Yeah. You know what? I'm trying to remember how to do it. <laughs> you, know what else? you know what else comes in jugs sometimes? Mike's Horse dad. semen. <laughs> <laughs> that is my, our next Just my dad. <laughs> is that our next drink? Uh, oh, coming in jugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, let me see what our next beer is. Speaking of coming in a jug, <laughs> this one's called Please Take a Number. Who brought this? I brought this. This is uh, by uh, Stillwater. Stillwater Artist Anal. New England style double IPA. Ooh, 8% alcohol. Looking forward to that. And why Please Take a Number? Uh, that's for her husband's. Because this one is merely number two of three. She is jajaing <laughs> the fuck out of this place. <laughs> Yes, she's the Elizabeth Taylor of Florida. But so, so she becomes the uh, the mayor's wife. Proprietress mm-hmm. of the And then store. like 20 years pass by. Yeah. And she fucking hates it. Yep. Let's see she if does. we hate this beard. It smells great. It does smell great. This is one of the best smelling things I've ever smelled. What does that smell like though? Just like that weird generic like kind of floral hoppy beer smell. I don't know what it is, but it's something. But like kind of all have that scent. Well, they don't all have it. I mean, the ones that smell good have it. I don't know what it is, though. I mean, so this is definitely hoppy, for sure. Yeah, but not bitter. No, nope, right? not very, too bad, yeah. very juicy kind this of thing. Is, this is quite nice. I dig this. Yeah, so she hates that shit, and, uh, and they, he, he treats her like shit. She is, well, he treats her what he thinks he, of as well. He, she is a status symbol for him. Yeah, he's got the he's, he's got, got the, the pretty hot wife, high yellow wife, <laughs> and it's just like, look at my wife and look at my big house, and I'm the boss, and blah blah blah. He treats her as a status symbol, but he makes her keep her hair hidden. This is like one of the, the hair, her beautiful long hair that everyone else is jealous of. She has to wear like a fucking, you know, rag over it or whatever during the day. Like she has to have it hidden. She's mm-hmm. tied up on her head under a shawl. Yes. And why? I'm pretty sure it's because he thinks that if like, he sees people like, they want to like touch it and shit. And like, oh, okay. he sees, like right. if people see it, they're like, wow, I better like touch her hair and like, you know, bang her out. Well, because <laughs> it makes her different. And. And she she is very beautiful, and she has like a banging body. Apparently, like she's super hot, even though she's you know at this at this point like almost forty. She's still like everyone's still like, man, I need to, I need to do that. She's like looking really good still, and he's like, no, no, you got to dress it down because I'm not always there, and I'm afraid that you're gonna want to go get some other some other. Also, way. he doesn't want her to show him up. Sure. In a way, yeah. She yes. always has to be subservient to him. She is an accessory, like a fancy hat, yes, or a nice lapel pin. <laughs> Or a pair of sweet snakeskin moccasins. It's a weird list of <laughs> items. It <That> is weird. <laughs> is your Christmas list? <laughs> and she also like can't just hang out and have fun. She can't just She's like. She's not allowed to fraternize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there she are some hates. funny scenes in this passage with the dudes just fucking on each other on that porch and they fucking on each other. <laughs> you know, like making fun of somebody. Yeah. That, that expression. It's a real thing. They're fucking on that donkey. <laughs> when they, when they yeah. fuck on the dude's donkey, it's pretty funny. Like, there's, there's, just, there's just some great lines. Like, there was one line they make fun of a guy for being poor or something, and they're like, he's got to look at the bottom of a shoe before he crosses the street to see if he has enough leather to get to the other <laughs> side. <laughs> I was like, Southern people That's are weird, awesome. but they have great sayings. That's an excellent simile. <laughs> yeah. He's like a guy who, like, it's one of those things when you, like, you know, see, like, this, it's a one, like, a two syllable word, and they're like, in Hawaii, this means soft wind that blows gently over the mountains on yeah. days that end in tea. And you're like, what? Keanu. <laughs> yeah, Keanu. It's like wind that, soft wind that blows gently over the mountains. And you're like, no, that's, that's Keanu. Like, they can't possibly mean all that. But their sayings are like those weird translations. They're like, in my country, I have a way of saying this. He is a man so poor, he must check his shoe leather before he crosses a street to see if he can make it. <laughs> and we laugh. And you're like, oh, that... Thanks, thanks, Bratislav. Mm-hmm. So, and, and these are the scenes that uh, for which Zora Neale Hurston was accused of minstrelsy because by her contemporaries. Minstrelsy, yes, okay. Because they are comedic scenes, mm-hmm. and they are speaking in the dialect kind of stuff. And some, certain points, they sound like fucking Foghorn Leghorn, and you're like, I don't know if this is st-, you know that character that yeah. Tunes guy, the rooster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that you don't see him on TV anymore. Like that's a thing Isn't that we in Space we, Jam. I think you're right. Yeah. We have tried to forget about that character. I thought he was always like an old Confederate. Uh, it's hard to say. He could be. I mean, I think he's both. He's he, a generic. He's, southern a, he's, a, he's a twofer. He's making fun of everybody. 
<laughs> I'm sure you could find a fucking old Foghorn Leghorn bit where he's like eating a watermelon or something like that. And you're like, ew, that's not, you can't, no, we don't watch that one anymore. So anyway. The, These the, guys are like the, the, like the cutaway scenes. Like, yeah. They like don't Chris Rock and the other guy in Pootie Tang. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up that we can only find black examples <laughs> to <laughs> illustrate this. They're like, uh, they're like the old guys in The Muppets. Yes. The balcony Statler guys. Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. The, Statler mm-hmm. and Waldorf. Oh, 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 oh so, ho, ho, ho. So, uh, they, but they are funny. I, they, they make fun of this guy who has the donkey and it's like the shitty oldest worst donkey in, in America and there's a part where they're like oh you gotta go find your donkey it's missing and like oh my donkey's missing shit where'd it go and they're like oh the women are using it as a washboard to yeah. wash use his ribs to clean their clothes <laughs> it's, it's so thin and crappy yep and he's like man don't fuck up my donkey like he gets, he gets defensive like your donkey's terrible it's and the then one. and then Jody buys the donkey from him for an absurdly low price but he still like takes it anyway and then they and just like, leave it's it and then he's like it's a so high price like he buys it for the guy wants well, okay. fifteen dollars, and he's like, "That donkey ain't worth a fucking dime. I'll give you five bucks." Yeah, and he's like, ten dollars," and they sell. And he's like, "Ah, oh, that donkey ain't going to live out of the week." <laughs> yeah, and 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 he's and like, "What are you? What do you? What do you need the donkey for?" And Jody's like, "Nothing. I'm just going to set him free. I need to not let you beat it to death. <laughs> yeah. That would be bad." They just like tie it to the main tree in town, and like everyone just like hangs out with it. And then they have so he he emancipated the donkey. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, man. No, I really think that's the symbolism behind the scene. Please explain. I mean, I guess. Expand on that. Ma- I don't know. That seems like... Is that going a little bit That seems like a reach. <laughs> I mean, ma- that's a, I think that's describing a much higher metaphor to it than... I don't it's, know. It's an elaborate metaphor. What's the metaphor for how... That's the next beer. Oh, <laughs> right shit. That's, okay. Do I have to go get it now? I'll, yeah. I'll allow mm-hmm. it then. Go. Oh, what is this one here, Nate? This beer is called Elaborate Metaphor. It is a New England Pale Ale by Burlington Beer Company. Smells good. Smells kind of like the other one. Much thinner body, though, because it's a pale ale, not a double IVA. It is much, yeah. much thinner. It's kind of the smell is like 90% of the experience. The taste is kind of bleh. It's really watery. It is quite thin. If I could just like leave, yeah, this, if I could leave this in like bowls around my house, <laughs> just like, like a potpourri. I'd be okay with that. It's a Glee plug-in. <laughs> Beer purry. Yeah. Oh, my God. Trademark. Yes, that could be our ticket. This is yes. similar to... We had this idea years ago, Nate, was to have a man-flavored teas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Masculinity. <laughs> Man- it's, it's much better than manatees. Yeah, definitely better than manatees. <laughs> uh, though manatees sounds like a great like gay man stripper bar. Like, if you're into bears. <laughs> but, like, teas. So, masculinity... You have, you know, there's like steak and potatoes tea or I, gun. I, I, <laughs> I was just going to say just Irish breakfast. Okay. Yeah. It's just whiskey. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not actually tea at all. It's a bottle Precisely. of whiskey. <laughs> but the, the slogan for the steak and potatoes one is it's a chamomile. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. All right. So why elaborate metaphor? Because I feel like the title, Their Eyes Were Watching God. That has to be some sort of elaborate metaphor for something. I really thought of, never thought about it until now, but I don't know what the fuck the title has to do with anything. I have no idea. I thought I've read this book twice now, and I still don't know what the fuck it means. Because it's a throw, it's a line in the book, like yeah. towards the end during the storm scene. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it could be somewhere else, but I think it's towards the end of the book. Anyway, we'll try. We'll come back to that probably. So yeah. Janie lives with uh, Jody the Dick, and he's the big man in the town. Kind of like booms. Like they're doing well. Now this yeah. is the one thing where the the. Uh, Harlem Renaissance writers said that this made black life look too good. Too easy, yeah. And also the white reviewer said, this is wildly unrealistic. Black people could never run a town. Is that really what they said? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in the, you know, in the 40s or 30s, whenever it came out, I was like, ooh, but yeah, yeah, they definitely would have thought that. Well, that's definitely, I mean, there were, there are historic examples of black towns and stuff like that. Wasn't there that and one I think this one, I think this one was real. This is Eatonville. I think it really was a black town, and I think Zora, Zora Neal Hurston really was from there. From it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's definitely, I, I would think it's unlikely there weren't any black-run towns in all of America. Yeah. It was a huge And place. this is like way on the middle of nowhere in Florida. Oh, so, oh you mean in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the most populous states, so. Back then, was it? Well, it is today, I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know if it was then. They hadn't invented air conditioning yet, so probably not. So the town is like doing really well, though, and Time passes, and Jody gets, like, older and fatter and shittier. 
But he thinks he's doing the right thing by Janie because he's like giving her a good life, right? She has the nicest house. But he doesn't she, consider her a she full has, person. But anytime she tries to speak, and the same thing kind of happened with Logan, anytime she wants to say something, he's like, you don't have to say something right now. And there's a scene where like, maybe it's maybe we already passed it, maybe it's like when the town gets dedicated or something like that. They're like, oh, have the mayor's wife make a speech. And he, she's like, oh, I didn't even think what I was going to say. And he's like, you're not going to say anything. Like, he yeah. shuts her mm-hmm. right the fuck up. It's like, no, she, my wife don't have a mind for speaking or something like that, he says. And then one day, she makes fun of him on the porch, and everyone laughs at him. And he <laughs> fucking gets so sick that he dies. Yeah, I forget exactly what she said making fun of him, though. Yeah, she just was, like, chatting shit with the other people. And she finally joined in. And he was so embarrassed that he got sick and withered away until he was dead. Of kidney failure or something, right? Yeah, something like that. And he wouldn't and he wouldn't even like look at her. He was like hiding in his bed and and she'd come like, she wouldn't she wouldn't look at him either. He was just dying in there and people were coming For to weeks. visit and she was just like sitting there like fuck that guy. <laughs> yep. And then she goes to visit him like right before she does like I got to tell you some shit. And he's like get out of here woman. Leave me be. And she's like you suck. You need to know that before you die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like pretty much. I don't know if you needed to say that actually. But she found her voice, and so she, she curses him to death with it. And then he dies, yeah. And then immediately everyone is trying to hit that from all states. They come from miles. Like, hey, hey, I heard he's dead. Yeah, what pretty up? much, yeah. And so there's some sort of the try to, They try to slide Craigslist. into her DMs, as the kids say. D- what? Slide into her DMs. What the fuck does that even mean? It means they just send her a message on Instagram. But while you're sliding in, don't you just like... Direct messages. I know. What what we, have, we have I mean, a Twitter. I guess, I guess <laughs> sliding in would imply it's like being uh, sneaky. Like, hey, hey, how's that? How's this, how's this dick look? Hmm. All right. I, I'm unfamiliar with that phrase. It, it, is, it has the connotation of uh, speaking to someone with the intention of fucking them. Gotcha. It's not just like, hey, what's up? It's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you. <laughs> Gotcha. Well said. Well explained, yeah. So she, uh, and she's like, I don't want to fuck anybody. I just got, my husband just died. And they're like, no, no, you're fucking old now. Like, you, you're going to be dirt soon. Put that thing to use. And she's like, no, I don't think so. And then every man is like, yeah, she might be old, but it's like a fine wine. Full bodied. Mm. And they just want to keep hitting that. And then after like a couple months. Yeah, not she, even all that long. She finally picks one of those dudes. And uh, you know what reminds me? You ever see uh, Can't Hardly Wait? That movie, that high school movie from the yeah. late nineties. Uh, I am a sex with Jennifer Love Hewitt. Yeah, and oh god, she's been. It's a great, it's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah, she's been watching. She's been with the sports guy since all of high school. And the main character of the movie wants to like. He's like he's had a huge crush on her, or whatever. But she breaks up very publicly with the boyfriend at the big high school party, and she can't even like walk out of that setting, out of that room or whatever. I think they're outside. And every guy's like, hey, Amanda, did I ever tell you that we had... <laughs> She's like, fuck off. And then the other guy's like, hey, Amanda, I just wanted to tell you that, uh, you know, oh, boobies. Like, they can't even... He's like, they're just disgusting. Minutes. He's like, yeah. hey, you want to go on my van and turn that frown upside down? And one guy's like, you make me sick. And then, of course, the main character's like, I mean, I love you. And she's like, oh, you disgust me. You think I'm just going to strip off my clothes and do you? And then she finds out, oh, that was the guy who had the big crush on me that wrote me the really nice letter. And high school things ensue. And then both of their careers just kind of fizzled. All right, so then uh, she meets the new guy, and his name is T-Pain. Oh, T-Cake, sorry. It's T-Cake is his name, yeah. T-Cake, yeah. And he's like, Shorai, and she's <laughs> he's like, oh. <laughs> they hadn't invented auto-tune yet, but he was still talking like that. He still talked like T-Pain. I kind of want to reread it now and hear everything he says like a T-Pain thing. <laughs> that would make it a very weird book. That would be fucking hysterical. <laughs> And he is uh, living the hobo life, basically. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's like Robert Johnson. I actually wrote, uh, the one note I wrote in the book was about him being like Robert Johnson. He didn't sell his soul to Satan. He's no. the dice-hustling Robert Johnson of the South. <laughs> and did he die at 27? Is that, uh, did oh, ooh, ooh, did he? Spoiler. Yep. Mm-hmm. Talk about Robert Johnson. If you don't know who he is. He's a, yeah, like that's he, not a spoiler. Robert, Robert Johnson died. <laughs> yeah, but like, ago. if you don't know who he is, he's you know the father of the blues, essentially. Miss, you know Mississippi Delta blues guitarist from the twenties and thirties. He legendarily sold his soul to the devil to be so good down by the crossroads, and uh, made. Though really, I think he just sold it to Steve Vai. That's if you the film Crossroads. Steve Vai doesn't age. Does tell you that? <laughs> yeah, he does. But uh, Tommy Lee, who looks a lot like Steve Vai, is like his picture of Dorian Gray that ages for him. (laughs) 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 
So this is Hobo Life by Lord Hobo Brewing. And it is a session IPA dry hopped with citra. From the hills of Woburn, Massachusetts. Not from the flatlands. Woburn? It's Woburn, yeah. Uber? Woburn. Woburn. Yeah. Woburn? This beer is uh, potent. <laughs> it kicks you in like the back of the throat. But it's not hot. It's not heavy at all. It's like four and a half percent. No, no. It's like, it's just like the, the flavor. Quite is bitter. Like Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. Citra. I mean, citra is a really popular hop, right? How many things that like whenever we go to Finback, they have this is with citra. This is with citra and galaxy. Like, this is the hip hop these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hip hops to the hippie and it don't stop. It bang bangs the boogie. <laughs> So hobo life because fucking Jody is a bum hobo he's a, guy. He's, well, he's not a bum. He's, he's a hobo. A he's like a wandering mm-hmm. hobo. Has, hobo has an actual meaning that people don't really know. They think it just means like a homeless person, but it's like a drifter. Like yeah, they will wander from town to town working, and then they will move on. But they don't really work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like it's, odd jobs. And, it's not like they, well, I'm going to be the accountant in this yeah, town for it's just two. Like it's like manual labor, and then they'll hop on a train. Do you need and someone leave. to paint that barn, Miss? Yeah. And they're like, all right, you can paint that barn. I'll so give you two silver so dollars. And like, yes, ma'am. Yeah, they're not so much like a vagrant as they are, just like a, someone blowing through town. Yeah, but like, it's it's like a they they can't be held down. You know, they kind of itinerant because they have a, cr- a criminal record. A, a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> Though back in this time, you could still just be like. No, oh, no, my not, name is Mo. That's not me. Oh, he just left. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you just missed him. Oh, oh, he, that, he went out the back. That he went out the John. back. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know him. Oh, he's dead. Yeah, he died now. So you can stop looking. All right, thanks. Thanks for saving us the effort. You have a good day now. You seem trustworthy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's definitely dead, right? Isn't he dead? Oh, yeah. And uh, Tea Cake is just wandering around, and he's like... He plays guitar. He plays the guitar, and he's like charmer guy. So there's a day when um, Janie is at the store, and she's like, everyone's going to watch that baseball game. I'm going to go fucking close the store early. I'm going to wait till 5.30 or 6, whatever the time was. And then Tea Cake comes in, and he's like, what's up? And he's like charming and kind, but he's not really trying to bang her out. He's just a, he's a nice guy. He is. He's just a cool dude, and he makes you feel alive and shit. <laughs> really, that's what it is. Like He makes yeah. her feel mm-hmm. like everything batters again. Like her, like, not, that cause she's in, not that she's in mourning for her dead husband. Also, she is rich now. Yeah. So people are like, what's up with this? Because he died and left her everything because she was the wife and they didn't have any kids. So suddenly she's a rich lady and people are like, everyone's trying to fuck her because she's a hot lady. Also because she's rich as shit. Yeah, that's true. And they're like, don't mess with that guy. He's 10 years younger than you and he wants your fucking money. She wants that boy toy though. And to maybe touch your nice hair and that's it. And then uh, they have this cute little court and scene. This is the part of the book I actually kind of liked. Not because I'm like a romantic. I just thought at this point I had understood the she dialogue. Was, she earned it too. She's had a rough time. And someone <laughs> trying to treat her nice. Like, you go, Jane. You go. She but spent this... 20 years being told, don't talk to anybody. Cover up your head. And he's like, hey, you want to like hang out and like have opinions and shit? She's like, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> he's like, good. As long as I get to hit that sweet, sweet middle-aged ass. <laughs> Give me that cougar puss. <laughs> So she marries him, and then they go uh, somewhere. I forget the name he of goes, the thing. He goes to another. They go to do oh, like just another farm town. labor. Yeah, just another town where he knows he can get some work. And they like do farm work. Well, at for, like, first, picking. so they so she goes to meet him there, and they get married like that oh, day. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two weeks. This is like and, and he then disappears the, with her, mom. and they disappears. This is like two weeks into the marriage. And he completely disappears, or more like he gets up really early one morning before her. And then when she gets up, she realizes that the, the money clip with the $200 she had hidden is just totally gone. And he's gone for like 36 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gone for a really long time. And so she, of course, assumes the worst. And as you would. Everyone's yeah. been telling him, like, this guy wants your money. He's he rob yeah, literally mm-hmm. a drifter. And there's a story that they tell of another woman that a similar thing happened to. That you know, she was like an old fat piece of shit who had money though, and some young guy came around and then married and took her and robbed her blind, and she had to beg her way back to the town and die in ignominy. That's and fun. anyway, he eventually finds his way back, and he says, "Oh no, honey, I re- didn't steal your money. Instead, I just sort of I had the best fucking party ever. Yeah, without pretty you. much. Yeah, pretty much. I just stole, I just her. took the money, went to a local bar." Or restaurant, just 
bought everybody's stuff. I was just buying yeah, all the gamble food. Gamble the fuck out of it. Gamble. It's like buying everybody the drinks, the food. I just gambled it, and I kind of lost it all. No, but it's not that because I, I stole it from won, you. He won enough that he came back with more money than he left with, but he also spent it all on party. No, that's just two different things. That, yeah, that's a, that's the uh, second okay. event. So he loses it. He basically spends it all. He spends every penny. $200. And like, and oh, even, well, we had a pig. And, I, and, and he even, he was, for for. When ugly people wanted to come in, he would give them money to not come yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One moment I had to give her five dollars. <laughs> yeah, I was giving him a dollar to not come in. I had to give her five though. And then she's like, "Wait, but why didn't you just let me come? Like I would have come too." And he's like, "Oh yeah, I forgot. I was busy." Yeah, that's the. It was so weird. I called and, she, and you didn't pick part. up. And she, yeah, right. Well, Do you get a telegram yet? <laughs> and she's like, "He's like, I'm so sorry." And she's like, oh, "All right." Don't do that again. Pretty much. And then he says, I'm a good gambler. I'm going to win it all back gambling because I'll have, you know, $7 left. I'm going to win it all back. Well, he gets paid or something because he has a job. And he's like, let me just yeah, go so be do some dice. And then he disappears for another like 30 hours. And then he comes back and he's been fucking stabbed. Because yeah. he was too good at gambling. Because he's hustling people. And this is where I wrote it in my notes. Because you know, he's like playing the guitar and then hustling people at dice. He's a fucking Robert Johnson, you know, slash color of money character. So he comes, he's like, uh, yeah, I've been stabbed. It's not that bad. And he tells her the story of how I was kicking their fucking asses at dice. And then someone's like, dude, fuck you. Give us our money back, strange man who's been hustling us. And he's like, but I put it really deep in my pocket. So it was okay. And then he cut me. And then he pulls out like 330 bucks. And he's like, see, you got your money. He is really good at gambling. He's I'll very good at it. We should have another beer. Let's drink the beer. Since we're gambling with our hangovers tomorrow. <laughs> this is uh, one I got for the fact that they. Uh, she has another husband. It's called The Rule of Three. Mm. It is by Duclaw. It is a 8.8% alcohol, dry, triple dry hopped, double IPA. That's a lot of hops. <laughs> kind of a disappointment for that name and description. Actually, I like it. There's, there's something kind of different. About this flavor, I can't describe it though. Well, it is a bigger beer. Definitely has more more body to it. Yeah, it's it smells completely different than it tastes. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what that smell is. I don't know what that is. It's weird. The smell is not good. I mean, okay, so it is definitely bitter. It's definitely hoppy. It's not super bitter though. That's something. I don't know. It's not nearly as bitter I, as the was it elaborate metaphor? That was the bitter one, right? Yeah, hobo life was the one you thought was really bitter. A hobo life, yeah, yeah. That one was quite bitter. It's not bad. It's okay. I don't think it's anything more extreme than a normal hopping. Yeah. If this had double dry hopped or triple dry hopped, that doesn't seem to make a difference. Or just regular hopped. Yeah. I mean, you can tell it's dry hopped because it's not bitter, but it does have a lot of hopped flavors. Is If it's dry hopped, does that count as double hopping or can it be just regular dry hopped? Is it always double dry hopped? No. Not so at it all. can be just dry hopped. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So this is, this is triple dry hopped. Yep. Hence the rule of three. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem that different. Yeah, I agree. I think with Duclaw beers, they tend to have really cool ideas, and then you try it, and you're like, eh, it's not that great. You know, like, we've had a bunch of their beers, like chocolate peanut butter porter, and you try it, and you're like, I get a little bit of that, yeah. Or Centennial hops along with Citra. Oh, it's three different hops. Combined in a three dry hop additions. So it's three hops three times. They put all three. Centennial, Citra, and Simcoe powder combined. And the three dry, or is this three dry hop additions? I, I, I guess that means three times? Or maybe they just put each one once. So it's three components combined in three dry hop additions. Oh, okay. So yeah, I guess they mix them three So times. it's in the rule of nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is where uh, Eric from Finback will be very helpful Yeah, to tell us mm-hmm. what those hops are about. Because I know we've had many things where like, oh, Simcoe, Centennial, Citra, definitely know those names. Not good enough to tell you what's different mm-hmm. about them. All right. We have failed you. So uh, tea cake is like, uh, I know you're thinking of tea pain every time I, I say it. <laughs> now I am, yeah, every time. <laughs> I didn't think of that till today. Shorty, yeah. I am going to gamble. That's more Stephen Hawking. I can't auto-tune my voice. I don't know how to do it. You know, we could do that in post. <laughs> <laughs> tea cake. I could try. <laughs> not that I actually know how to do it, but. It's going to involve some expensive programs. No, it's not. I'm sure the fuck. Well, you could do it poorly for free. Yeah. Which there's is definitely. You think I do. paid for this program? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see if there's a T Pain app. 
I'm going to go gambling. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth every free penny. <laughs> so, I fucking have no idea. So, all right, they're working on the farm. So they're they're uh, so after they win the money back, they go down to sort of a different area of Florida where the tea cake can get some money because <laughs> he can find work, and she actually goes to work in the field too. Working on the muck. <laughs> The place is called the Muck, by the way. <laughs> and everything's good. And uh, <laughs> JD's really pretty happy. And here's the, the weird part. Life. Here's the weird part. He only hits her one time. That means he's a good man. Yeah. He only beats her once. <laughs> and so it's not even beating it. He, hits, he literally hits her once. He hits her once. That's it. I forget why. I done told you, bitch. <laughs> I done told you, bitch. So, um, everything's fine. Everything's going okay. But then there's a hurricane. Oh, no, look out for that storm. (laughs) It's been a lot of work to edit this part. Sorry. But it's so fucking stupid. (laughs) There's a really big hurricane. Most Uh, people leave. Most people leave, but they don't. They stay behind. Some dumb people always stay. They always stay behind. They will be fine. No. No, they won't. No, the earth wants you to leave. And then while there's like a huge flood, they, so they have to like literally like leave their homes and like they have to get, get across this like river that's flooding. But weren't they first with Sop to Bottom? Sop to Bottom, yeah. The, one of the friends' name is just Sop to Bottom. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep in this house. His friend's calling Wet Butt. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm just going to sleep. He's like, you're going to fucking die, Sop to Bottom. He's like, no, if the house moves, I'll just go with it. That sounds like science. And houses to me. float. Everyone knows that. They're hollow like boats. And then they're like, all right, good luck. And then they get to a bridge and it's covered in people. Because mm-hmm. they're like, this is the highest point because it's over the water and there's no room. They just have to like, crawl on the outside of the bridge to cross it. And then they're like, what do we do now? Uh, and then they have to basically like swim across the river. And so uh, Tea Cake <laughs> is like carrying Janie, right? At one point. And he's like, Look out for that dog. Yeah, and then there's a dog. Look out for that dog. And so then there's this dog that is clearly, like, freaking out and ends up biting Tea Cake. On the face. Yeah, right on the right. cheek. Mm-hmm. So it sucks to get bit in the face. Oh, Mike Tyson doesn't bite you in the face. Uh, and then they sort of... And then three weeks later, so they, they survive. Oh, yeah, there's another important part. So uh, it's right after the storm. The white people in the town literally at gunpoint force tea cake to dig dig graves well, they're forcing all the black all, men who right. aren't and they're, they're, they're to dig graves for all the dead and tea is like they're not going to make me do it i have money in my yeah. pocket i have mm-hmm. 11 whole dollars and she's like yeah i don't think that's going to work i don't know and he's like that's fine and immediately they're like no no doesn't work here's a shovel yep oh okay. and they're burying the white people in you know pine coffins and they're just throwing all the black people into a ditch or into a big mass grave yep. and covering them with lime quick lime and they these people they, i got the impression that they were like from the red cross or something like that they did you mentioned the red cross and they're like no, no no they're making pine boxes for the white folk there just isn't enough for the black folk and they're like that sucks he's like yeah well don't mix them up god damn it yeah and they're like they're some of these people that. are so fucking battered and dirty and, and you know destroyed from the storm and drowning and floating. I can't tell. And like, you Don't fucking, don't fuck me on this. <laughs> you put them in the right hole. And they're like, oh, all right, that's what we're going to do now. And that was the point in the book. So up until that point in the book, I was kind of expecting gross racism at some point because it's like the 1930s. Well, there really yeah. hadn't really been any exactly. significant white characters. And so, uh, you know, there is some, like, there's like some... There's that weird scene at the restaurant. What scene is that? The restaurant that the lady runs were for the, the muck workers, and like they hate black people, but they'll serve them because they're the only ones around. I don't remember this at all. Remember this? Yeah, I don't either. They get to like, the huge bar fight in the restaurant. Hey, did I read it's this right, book? It was right before the hurricane. Maybe I was reading fast or something. I don't remember this. Well, I, think, I, think, I think that's the first like, white person in the book is you know, 80% through it. And Well, yeah, th- th- that's part of it, I guess. I didn't realize as I was reading it, like, I guess there wouldn't be a whole lot of gross racism when it's only black characters. But yeah. there was plenty of actually racism between them as sort of like a class thing developed mm-hmm. or a cultural yeah. thing yeah. where it's some like, no, that black person's an N-word and that black person's Jody. <laughs> 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 hmm. Weird. 
But then this is this is this is the point in the book. I was like, ah, here it is. Hello, racism, old friend. Yeah, you've come back finally. I expected to see you long ago, but mm-hmm. here you are. So anyway, he buries all the bodies, but then a couple days later, he starts to get sick. He starts to really, really feel really bad. He tries to drink water, but he can't. He like he's just you know he's so thirsty, but he can't drink water. He spits it out. He's like, didn't you clean that bucket? That bucket's full of shit water. I should beat you if I can get out of bed. He's like, yeah. Mm, and weird. it's clear that he has rabies. Well, not until the doctor, the, right, white, yeah. the, the one they, white they, doctor they who's the a doctor, decent guy. And the doctor says, yeah, he needed, uh, there's medicine, but he should have had it weeks ago. Now he's just fucked. Now yep. he, mm-hmm. he gets the uh, straight bullet to the head medicine. <laughs> like, there's no... Tan- there's... They old yell at him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what? okay. There, I mean, this scene is kind of important because he somehow has a gun. And because he's all like rabies crazy, he's going to shoot Janie. Well, you know, we actually didn't talk about this, but throughout the whole time of their time together... He teaches Janie to go fishing. He teaches her how to go shooting. And she's a better shot than him. And I was, as I was reading, I was like, what does this have to do with anything? You know, there's a couple of different passages where it's, and she could shoot the head off a tit hawk, you know, or some like random <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> I don't know if they said tit hawk, but it'd be funny if they did. She can shoot the head off a tit hawk. C major. You know, I was I was in the wrong key. That's why it didn't come out. But uh, that's what it is. Yeah. So so he's got a gun and he's gonna kill her. But because he's like all crazy in his mind, because you know he's rabies, and she does this thing where there are like three bullets and they're like six cylinders, and she like spins spins it. it so he has to click. So if anybody tries to fire the gun, you have to click it three times before there are any actually bullets. And he does. He points it right at her. Shoot. You know, pulls the trigger three times, and he's like, uh oh. Next one's going to be real. And so she has her own gun and shoots him, like, literally at the same moment. But he missed. And he and she shot him right in the, right in the head. She's a fucking like that. dead shot. She's, yeah. she's awesome. And that, sh- I mean, I felt like that should have been the end of the book, frankly. But then it kept mm-hmm. going. And they were like, oh, no, we need to have a trial for you now because you done killed a man, even though, you know. He obviously has fucking rabies. And, and then they have a trial. And they're like, oh, what happened? They take her to the courthouse. And like, oh, you killed a dude? All right. We'll have that today. We'll do that trial this afternoon. Yeah, right then. And then they get a jury of, you know, her peers, 12 white men. And they come <laughs> in and they're like, all right, let's She go. killed a guy, but he was a black guy. So it's fine. She's free. Well, no, they, they kind of try a little bit. Well, yeah. They, kind of try, they, and they really, they really want to hang her. And they really... <laughs> some do. But, but they really basically say, oh, well, you know, he did definitely have rabies. And he was definitely well, going to shoot you. So... It's fine. The doctor testifies. He helps out. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part where one of the, you know, of course, it reminded me of um, To Kill a Mockingbird, or I guess, you know, this is earlier than To Kill a Mockingbird, but the court mm-hmm. scene there where there's all the white people on the seats. It takes place at the exact time when to, to, to Kill a Mockingbird took place. That's right. And the black people are on the back, and mm-hmm. it's like standing room only, and everyone's hushed. And then they say, like, the defense rests, and then, like, one of the black characters says, like, I'd like to say something if I could, sir. And they're mm-hmm. like, you shut your fucking mouth, or you will be, like, I don't know what exactly they say, but it's like, or you will be fucking working, breaking rocks for the rest of your life, or you will be in this cell, like, they threaten him, and he's like, oh, ooh, okay, <laughs> not going to say that. Thank, thank you, thank you for telling me that. And you're like, oh, this is not cool. Like, yeah. So I don't know how the Harlem, I mean, maybe because we're more sensitive to these things today, you see that it wasn't that awesome. <laughs> In the past, you know, even even if it's yeah, only in sure. these small glimmer glimpses of it in the book, you know, because mm-hmm. there's only few white and black interactions in the book, but they're always pretty shitty, except for the doctor. The doctor was an okay guy. But the criticism of the book at the time was that it wasn't political enough. It wasn't making mm-hmm. a strong enough yeah, political was, statement. Like, look, they're living this fine life. Everything's going to be fine. What do I have to complain about? She got to have a Coca Cola <laughs> once. Yeah. So then, uh, of course, they find her not guilty. They're like, yo, they don't even say not guilty. They, they, they say something weird, but maybe that's just Floridian law. I, I noticed that, too, because technically in a trial, it's how do you know the jury... Guilty or not guilty. Yeah. Not guilty or guilty. That's all I say. They don't say anything else. But instead, the jury said something like, we find that the defendant was only defending herself, so blah, 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 period. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that is not what they do in a trial. Florida they doesn't don't, have laws. Well, it's that true. might be it is, true. It is the Thunderdome of states. <laughs> So then she's, then she's uh, you know, 
acquitted or whatever the fuck they call it in Florida law. And we're not going to kill you this time. Yeah. But you get the fuck out of here. Come on now, get. And yeah. then she goes back to her, the town. Like yeah, the, she goes back know, to Eatonville. She goes back home. And they're like, what is she doing back here? She's wearing overalls. Like a they, common they whore. Fi- they fi- well, the, the book starts with her returning to town. It's they're a like, book what thing, the yeah. fuck happened to her? He must have stolen all of her money. And she meets her best friend. She's like, let me tell you my whole life, even though you knew me for most of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's only been gone like six months. Now, yeah. it was, I thought it was, was it that, that short. I mean, she was in the town forever, but her friend's like, yeah, let me start at the beginning. And I'll also include most of the life that I lived here with you. It's like, yeah, that's, that seems reasonable. I feel like you could just tell me like what happened you, in the last You've been through some shit. I'm going to let you talk for a while. It's fine. <laughs> We've got nothing else to do with 1937. Yeah, there's, there's no TV yet. <laughs> but she just like soaks her feet and she's like, my feet are tired. I, I soaked the tired out of them though. And that's the end of the book. It's pretty much how it ends. We have one more beer. Speaking of. Nate, you brought this? Yes, this is, do- this is called Stargazer. And it is a New England style IPA, uh, 8.1% alcohol. It is by CT Valley Brewing. Oh, uh, Connecticut, Connecticut Valley. Valley Brewing. Yeah. That's, that's the a, website. Yeah. Connecticut Valley Brewing. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. It doesn't taste very strong. What, what are the details? I, I think it's a New England IPA, right? 8.1% 8, 8. or something like that? It's a New England style Indian pale ale, 8.1%. Keep refrigerated. That's a big IPA. To not call it to not call it a double IPA, you know? It is written in the stars. Stargazer. And there's like a mermaid or something. So why Stargazer? Uh, because when you gaze, you are also watching. Nice bookends And to it's this sort episode. of like up in the sky. So it's like watching God. That's where God lives. Yeah. He's a sky God. He's outside of our snow globe. <laughs> On our flat earth. So then what does that title refer to? Okay, so... I literally just brought it up in the book, and here's the whole, like, <clears throat> I mean, it's really only two sentences where they really use it, and I think I know what it means, because it's also right in the very beginning. I want to say it's, like, in the very first page or so, but this is oh, well, I'm close totally to the end. I said it was at the end. No, it is, it is close to the end. That's, like, the other time it brings it back. Oh, okay. So, this is during the hurricane, and luckily I don't have to do any unfortunate quoting in here. <laughs> Uh, though we could T-Pain this whole passage, but we, <laughs> but we won't. Oh, man. Missed opportunity. The wind came back with triple, f- with, with triple fury and put out the light for the last time. They sat in company with the others in the other shanties, uh, their eyes straining against the crude walls and their souls asking if he, capital he, meant to measure their puny might against his. They seemed to be staring at the dark, but their eyes were watching God. So I, I kind of think it means, this is my guess, they were, basically, they were dead. Like, I think their eyes were watching God is a phrase for their, phrase for they're dead. They're dead because it's like they're in the grave staring up at God. And, he, and right here, these people, they're basically waiting for the hurricane to basically just kill them. And they seem to be staring at the dark, but their eyes are watching God. Like, they think they're already dead. Is it like God uh, is, or they're going to God die. is testing them. I mean, I thought it was about, I, I, I remember this passage now that you, you quote it. I didn't think that they were, like, doomed or already dead. I thought it was more like they're just waiting to see what God's will is. Either way, it shows that they're, like, super religious, which was weird because that really wasn't an important part in the rest of the book. It's not really mentioned at all. You know, if... if, if they don't even mention, like, a church in the town at they, all. They don't think they have one. I mean, they may. They certainly... I'm sure they do, but it never gets mentioned. It was kind of weird. A, a, a weird title. I don't get it. So, okay, here's page one. Of the book, maybe page two, depending on how big your, how big your font is. My font pretty big, so it's definitely page two. All right, so um, it's not a brag. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. really, I'm, I'm bragging about my prescription. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so he doesn't say their eyes were watching God, but he does sort of, but she does uh, allude to it. So, so the beginning of this was a woman, and she had come back from burying the dead. Not the dead of sick and ailing with friends at the pillow and the feet. She had come back from the sodden and the bloated. The sudden dead, their eyes flung wide open in judgment. So we've Mm. got eyes and we've got flung wide open in judgment, which Mm. is sort of like a term for God, you know, or at least something biblical. So I thought that was a a hint at, not not a direct quote of the title, but a hint at it. And this is... But, okay, so I, I want to say that now sense. that I've read this, and I'm read, now that I've read those two parts, that page one 
quote is actually referencing what happened during the hurricane, what happened yeah, later. Because this is her, because the very beginning of the book, she's retelling what actually happened to her. But why name the book that? Because that's suddenly, I mean, it's the climax cool. of the book. But the, most of the book is not about that. Like, if you, someone asked me, what is this book about? Like, well, it's about a woman who has a bunch of husbands that try to keep her down, and she eventually finds the husband, the man who meets her on her own terms and wants to hear what she has to say, but then he's killed in this crazy, weird, fluke way. That's the plot of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are you calling it Their Eyes Were Watching God, though? I really don't know. I have no idea. Uh, the, this, the, like, the simplest way would be that it's just, it sounds cool. Listeners, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what the title's about, but that's what it is. Um, it is a cool title, as Jimmy said. It, it does sound epic. It sounds cool. It does sound cool. It is a cool title. That might be the reason. I'm sure there's another yeah. reason, but that might be mm-hmm. the reason. Well, because my husband didn't let me talk for 22 years is not a great title. I Even mean, though it'd be more descriptive. It could be now. Until I got my groove back with tea cake. Yes. Which is kind of what happens. This is an old-timey house tell I got a groove That's back. That's what it is. All right. So, uh, most important question for me should you read this and who should read this? I want to say, I mean, I, because I, tr- I was trying to read it in sort of my, it, it, like, history, with my history head on. So it's from the 1930s. It is a black woman writing about the black experience of the time. And, and I do think there is at least something kind of interesting about the concept of the book and the fact that the narrator and sort of the book is written in the tone of someone writing in academic English, but then the quotes are in, in, you know, in dialect. And, and it is a way to tell a story in, of those people with that dialect. And for the time, this was kind of a, I, I was going to say revolutionary, but it was a very different kind of book. And it was a definitely a huge, I don't say huge risk. I mean, it, is, it was quite remarkable for when it came out. And the risk did not pay off because people did not like it at the time. Um, but if you read it sort of in that, for me, when I read it, in that mode, like this is for as sort of the historical artifact. I think like, okay, there's something kind of interesting there. There, there, there is a value to it. Like it, it's not mm-hmm. a beach book though. This is, this is no. you, you approach this as a, as an academic yeah. exercise. A- yeah. Definitely. More than anything else. Though it's short enough that it's worth reading just because, I mean, if yeah. you are, and not that everyone has to be like a well-balanced reader, but it is an interesting voice that you probably don't hear much of. The old you know, several generations ago, black female voice. It doesn't hurt you to read it. It is not the, the only most one. Book. It really pretty mm-hmm. much is yeah. the most famous one. It's not a thrilling book. It's kind of a slog at points. But I, I actually kind of thought it picked up in the middle and I, I got into it. Maybe, Once tea cake is there. That helps. But it, I, I totally see what you're saying. Like it's about what's, what's the view into this part of the world that I didn't get to see? Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a, pri- oh, it's a primary source. Let's look yeah. at that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've read it twice now. It definitely was better the second time. The first time I just kind of read it because it is short. You know, it's like 200 pages and change. And at the time, I was able to do a lot more reading and like a sitting. And I read it in like two days. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really, I mean, not that I got it now either, clearly, if you listen to this podcast. Yeah. But I, I, I got a lot more out of it the second time through. Not that it's necessarily worth a second reading. But it's it's an, you know it's an interesting book. There's a lot going on there. It's and it's also a cautionary tale about the rabies vaccine. Yes, and that is something we could all. It didn't even exist back to. then. No, she was just wishing that it would. I can't believe you could still fucking die from rabies. It's like, incurable. Oh, you can still got, die today. Yeah, I know that's crazy. Like you have, you have to get it treated like right away, or get the vaccine, or you just you die. So basically, yeah. like it like moves up your spine. And if you get bit like in the face, it goes like right to your brain. If you get bit in the leg, you have more time. Cut like that it, leg off. No, you you treat it. Cut the whole but leg it, off. Yeah, well, to be safe. <laughs> this isn't like Walking Dead. Where you just cut the whole thing. Bit you on a dick. What would you do? You cut your head off. <laughs> <laughs> so if nothing else, is there a va- is there a rabies vaccine, or is it just rabies yeah. treatment? There's, yeah, there's, there's, there's treatment. They give, they give pets now a rabies shot is. now. Hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Is there for humans? I I think there must be, but they don't bother because it's not like you get. Vaccinated as a child for yeah, for or maybe if you like are an animal wrangler, you get the rabies vaccine. Yeah, I think it's probably like a need based thing, but you you can treat it, but you have to get it real early because you can still die oh, pretty yeah. easily from it. It's pretty mm-hmm. crazy. You go nuts. You go crazy from it, like and a mad get, dog. You get afraid of water. That's so weird, man. You get hydrophobia. It's fucking odd. It's a weird symptom. 
That's why he couldn't drink the water in this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it does so to you. That's a really strange thing. Like it makes you both like really thirsty and unable to drink at the same time. Well, the most important lesson today, guys, be careful about rabies. And keep drinking. And, yeah. And if there's a stay hurricane, hydrated. if there's a hurricane, don't stay because that's stupid. And if you see a frothing at the mouth dog, don't. It's not brushing its fight teeth. Fight it to death. <laughs> <laughs> he fought it to death with a switchblade. He killed that dog. He oh, killed that dog with a switchblade. There's actually one thing we did leave out. Just one? As, well, okay, definitely more than one. As T-Cake is dying, he bites Janie. And then, and then sort of the ending of the book is only like two days later. You kind of wonder, like, is she just telling the story to her friend? Like, I'm just going to be back here now? Or is she about to actually die of rabies at the same time? I don't remember that at all. Did she break the skin? Yeah, she, he bites her. Oh, that's a dick move. But you would assume that she would be like, hey, white doctor that just testified about how he had rabies, can you, like, you know, look at the, the man bite on my arm? You would hope. Hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. But she, she, but she was also kind of like, well, I've been happy now. I've seen happiness. I had tea cake, and we're cool. So, like, the I rest a, of my life... I had a miserable that. 40 years. I got a few good months. I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeesh. Well, that's a bright, happy story. Beer will help with that, gentlemen. And your listener. Indeed it will. In the meantime, tell us what you thought. And just say email at drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on the Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And we are now a member of the Hopped Up Network, a group of podcasters who podcast about beer. So if you're into that, check some of the other shows out. You'll probably enjoy them too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.